0: Welcome back to the Gymnazo Podcast. I'm your solo host today, Michael Hughes, founder and CEO of Gymnazo. And what if I told you that the standard care of personal training should be abolished, taken away, removed from the practice of everyday personal training? If you're a trainer, movement trainer, personal trainer, that would kind of make me a little freaked out. Like, are you really saying that, Michael? Like, do you really believe that? Well what if I do? Like, what if that happened? What if we removed this job title and what it actually did? One-on-one training, one person to one coach for one hour, one half hour. I kind of want to talk about that because I've been thinking about this a lot actually, and I think there's quite a bit to it. Obviously, there's not everything to it, but there's quite a bit. And I wanted to kind of just vent it out and put it out there and see what uh, the ethos, what the industry thinks about it because I think there's a few points that need to be considered and thought about for the future of the movement trainer. You see the different word there, personal trainer, move, movement trainer? So I want to go into that and uh, join with me if you think um, this has any, any merit to it or you think I'm just full of it. So uh, come on to this space and let's dive in. Welcome to the Gymnazo podcast, where you get to peek behind the curtains of what it takes to create and run a seven-figure fitness facility that ranks in the top five percent of boutique fitness studios for revenue. But to be honest, that's the least important thing about us. Founded by me, Michael Hughes, Gymnazo has created an ecosystem of services that blend performance with restoration techniques and attracts top coaches to its facility. Hosted by its owners, Peyton and myself and our top coaches. This podcast shares our best practices on everything from how to build a sustainable fitness business to how to program for maximum results to how to build a hybrid training module that's online and in person. We have marketing secrets, movement innovation, and breaking down trends in the industry. If you're a fitness professional or a fitness business owner, this is where you learn how to sharpen your skills and to see maximum results. So the personal trainer of today, 2000s. 2022. I'll just just timestamp this podcast. The current standard of what a personal trainer is in the United States, just to kind of put some parameters on it, the level of education, what they do, I think should be removed. I think the standard of care, the standard of education, the entry level um, kind of your ability to walk in and say this is your job is extremely low. In It's actually too low. And for all those starting out, even for myself who started out at that standard of care, I want to say keep going, keep learning, but we needed to put a relative stop to it. And here's why. Because what we're doing is not even close enough to what needs to be done. The standard of care of what a personal trainer does, I believe, is has a net negative versus a net positive as a job title, as someone who has that role and who tries to live their life as that. Now, what we give to a client, I believe, has a net positive. But in terms of someone who calls himself a personal trainer, I think it's a net negative. Here's why. The, The role of a personal trainer, one person, one hour, or one person, one half hour, is not sustainable. It doesn't provide the means of a necessary career, lifelong career, to feed yourself, feed your family, grow a retirement for 99% of the people who call themselves a personal trainer. It's something that if, if I really think about it, our job as a personal trainer is to really help as many people as possible live the best physical, mental, soulful selves that they have access to. To all end, that's what we do. That's kind of the bleeding heart of what a personal trainer's job is, to help as many people as, as possible. Now, some people say, gosh, I only want to help four people per per day. I get it. But you want to help the collective human being and the human world live a healthier life. So, therefore, if, if, if that's what we want to do, we have a lot of work to do. Gosh, we got, we have a big hill to climb. So if we're going to do one person for one hour to get $1, "Quote unquote," then we got to we we got to change it up, and so we have to think about it from a much bigger, bigger scale. And I'm a person who really loves innovation and all disruptive innovation technologies, and I really love the electrification of transportation. I just I'm a huge fan of it, and if we really want to get to this you know kind of sustainable fuel future, and you know call it call it a better environment, call it better just overall technology. We have to build so much more infrastructure to make that that possible on that transportation front. And I believe it's the exact same correlation with the movement industry. We need to train more people. So if you're a personal trainer, we got to leverage ourselves out. We got to push the boundaries on what we think that we can do. Because most people don't need one-on-one training they're actually relatively doing okay. Yeah, we all have movement dysfunctions. We all have things that may kind of pop up here and there, but for a trainer to put his or her programming for that one person in that process like I think you can leverage yourself out a lot better. You can as a profession, you could train more people. You can share that program with that with that particular group of people, tweak on the fly, tweak in the middle of it and help way more people. In this industry where there's so much burnout, there's so much, it's like, ah, oh, it's kind of a hobby job. I, you know, train a little bit here. I kind of have a few side hustles. Or, you know, I did that for four or five years, and, you know, I just wanted to get a real job. <laughs> to those people that live that experience, I don't blame them. But for someone who's made a career out of it, literally, um, I not only feed my myself, I feed my family. And I created an environment where... Twelve other people feed themselves too, and not and and we're training over four hundred different athletes. Like that's like, okay, okay, cool. We're making progress, but we got we got to train four hundred thousand people. We got to train four hundred million people, and that's kind of what we're, the scale that I believe we really need to get after, at least in the United States of America, where healthcare is really in shambles. You know, for such a powerhouse. Very wealthy country on the healthcare side of things, um, it's kind of pathetic of where we're at, and I know I'm not the only one who thinks this. So since sick care, or A.K.A. the medical established system, already is um, you know doing doing their 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 job, they're fixing things when they get broken. Um, us on the on the training side of things, we're really the the front lines. We're the pawn. We're the infantry of the preventive preventive healthcare system. Um, because so many people look to exercise as a means of starting their health care journey. Yes, nutrition is a huge point. Yes, mental health is a huge point. But I think more people um, have this kind of notion that like exercise is probably a huge place to start. And the coolest thing about exercise is that when you start to mess with the physical it automatically taps into that person's mental, and then that automatically taps into that person's soulful, whatever that means to that particular person, right? And it's a very accepted process. Versus to go the opposite end first, physical is a little bit harder, a little less accepted, a little bit more kind of like, mm, you're getting too personal, too, too fast. So if we stop personal training, and we start doing semi-private training, if we start doing way more group training, we're gonna therefore push the needle much, much faster. But going back to the very beginning of what I said, the barrier to entry is so low that our educational content that we're putting out, the program we're putting out, is, I think, doing a lot of harm. Now, again, it's not, you know, exercise on, on any sense is relatively good. But we can do so much more to help so many more people if we understood better chain reaction biomechanics, if we better understood the physics, principle based thinking which means truth. I mean, principle equals truth, like actual hard physics truth of physics, biology, and behavioral science. If we really understood those things as a industry of trainers, the impact we could have is massive, absolutely massive versus like, okay, here's a workout. Let's just go burn some calories. Okay, here's a workout. Let's just get your body to look physically, physique better which is kind of where our industry is currently for, I would say, the vast majority of where we're at. And again, I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but we have, like I said, we have a huge hill to climb, and we have, I believe, a huge responsibility on our shoulders to be the people who press for that. No one's going to give the trainer this access. There's no legislative body, legislative body, excuse me, there's no you know, certification body, there's no governmental agency that's going to say, you know, trainers, I think you guys deserve more. I think you guys are really the ones who really are the ants, you know, in a sense, meaning like that workforce, the worker bee of the health care industry. You deserve this. No, they actually say the opposite. You guys are not intelligent enough. You don't have enough ethics. You don't even have an organized system. In fact, you're just the wild west of people who think fitness is is important, and in fact, you're probably hurting more people than you're actually um, helping. That's probably what they think, and to all of what they say, I say, well, you're, probably, you're actually probably correct on a lot of those fronts, but there's a whole wave out there, and if you're part of this wave, then I'm talking to you, and if you're not part of this wave, I'm not judging. I'm just saying there's a, there's a, a bigger box of thinking out there, and it's called the movement specialist. It's called whatever you want. Even that, that term will eventually get junked, just like the functional trainer term got junked. But what it really means is that, you know, is that we're going to put more of an effort. We're going to blend rest- restoration with performance. We're going to be able to take movement dysfunction and pair it up with relative movement performance. And those are, those are huge, huge spectrums. But we're able to kind of see that you know that most trainers just want to train those who have money, who have motivation, and who are not in, in pain. But the people who need fitness or people who don't have that much money are in a lot of pain and have low motivation. So how do we how do we span that that spectrum? And that's what we have to do. That's I believe that's what Gymnosa is doing, and we're trying to share it. We're trying to shout it out as much as we possibly can, and you know bring it out there to the training masses because we've learned something that we can't hold on to um, because we need to change the, the wavelength. It needs to become more frequent, basically. So if we abolish personal training, meaning one person for one half hour or one hour, I know this is just takes a lot of context to get into this one, right? And we went to much more leveraged training, then we have much more sustainable careers, we'd have much more freedom. <laughs> I always call that the trainer is a slave to the to the trade, especially for the, a lot of those, you know, those colleagues of mine that are literally like, gosh, I wake up, as, I'm up there at the gym at 7, I don't leave till 5, I got a person on every half hour. You know, I take an hour or two off in the middle of the day when it's dead to kind of, you know, get a little lunch, what the case is, but then I'm back, back at it. I'm like, is that really a career of, of legacy? Or are you just get home and you're burnt out? And you spend very little time, relatively speaking, with your family, very little time even with yourself. Because we can't give a healthcare practitioner what we are, eventually our cup will run dry. And if you're extremely good, which I bet you are, then you're just gonna burn yourself out versus providing a legacy of other people that come behind you, be like, wow, look what he, that person's done, he or she's done, and look at the life that they provided themselves. And look at the life that they provided their athletes. Because they're going to look at the whole spectrum. And they're going to say, is that something that I want to do? Because most people don't say, gosh, I want to burn myself out. I want to work nonstop inside a f- gym and just to serve others constantly. And get paid, the mean average of a personal trainer is 40000 or less. Now, the cool thing is that the mean average <laughs> of the trainers that I work with is double that. Okay, cool. It's possible. Now let's scale it. Let's put some some massive th- throughput into a system that we believe can really dive in and uh, make, some, make some serious waves. Because it's really about that. It's really about saying, okay, this is what we were taught, and this is where we have evolved to. And the technology advancement in how we're taking training and conditioning it's growing so crazy, and it's so unfortunate that it's like really grassroots. I wish there was some like venture capitalist person out there like this is the way, and I'm going to put 100 million dollars towards it to blow it up. It's not how the fitness industry works, unfortunately. Um, at least that's not not how I see it working at this particular time. So we're going to have to make it come up from 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 the roots and start packing it on, because it really comes down to what is the result. And again, not necessarily of the athlete, even though that's very important, but what's the result for the trainer, for the person who wants to do this as a lifelong career? So I'll say it again. We have to stop training one-on-one. Again, context is important. Yes, there are clients who need one-on-one training for a time being. But once they're good enough to manage and understand and have the awareness of movement, push them to a smaller group. Semi-private is what we call it here. Um, then once, if they want to go further than that, good. Go one-on-one. Or excuse me, go, um, go into group. Because training conditions is relatively expensive. Now, in terms of if you take like a hospital bill from like type 2 diabetes and stuff like that, like, okay, training is very inexpensive. But we're really thinking about it like we have to train more people. We have to see more people as go through the movement factory. Our throughput has to be higher, and we have to have people that want to join this this career field, and have the education, and have the background, and have the intelligence from um, the let's call it from the human side, but also from the operations and the business side. Because no matter what, every personal trainer runs their own business, not in the truest sense, but they have to manage their own their own selves, and so. If we, can, if we can break down those, those barriers, uh, I think we, I, in fact, I know we can do it and I think we are gonna do it. In fact, we, I'm gonna say it, we are going to do it. I'm gonna spend the rest of my life in this career making that as possible for as many people as I can, I can conceive of. But again, I'll say it for the last time, we have to th- start thinking, okay, leverage, leverage, leverage. And I'm not saying let's become better marketers. I'm not saying let's go hire gym lords and be like, hey, guys, get as many people in the door as possible. Retention doesn't matter. More people. So I just use that as as an example. But it's really that kind of context of like it's not about more people in the door. It's about quality people that stay in your facility this marketing gimmicks, these sales gimmicks, that's what the fitness industry is well known for, has to also go if one-on-one training is gonna, gonna have to go too. We have to go back to a quality experience that is value-packed, that connects the mind, body, soul aspect of that athlete, that builds sustainability and performance every session, or at least every you know, mesocycle. We have to put those two things together. If we treat the body just as a machine, okay, we're gonna fail. If we treat the body as just as a, a mind and soul, we're not gonna get enough depth in what that machine can a- actually do. We have to blend those two things together. Be an amazing coach, and the education's there. I'm just gonna say it. The education's coming out there, and whether whether you learn it from us, from someone else, I want you to kind of have this scope of like, I'm gonna open up the box because I was taught this and you probably got it from your CPT, or maybe from your exercise science bachelor's degree, or maybe you got it from, you know, just a quick little, like I got a kettlebell cert, or I'm CrossFit cert, whatever the case is. Okay, good start, but let's call that like on, on like a satellite Google Maps view, you're on the street view still. Like you're still looking, like whatever is directly in front of you. We gotta zoom out. We gotta see this whole thing and that we are a a significant player in it. And if you love helping people, if you love training and conditioning for yourself and more importantly for other people, then I believe that this should be a job. Like I I look forward to the title of a human engineer. We have civil engineers, we have mechanical engineers, we have electrical engineers, we have aviation engineers, we have space engineers, we have rocket engineers, uh, why don't we have a human engineer or a biomechanical engineer? You know, license, whatever. I don't care. It's good. And the more, the more, you know, hoops you got to jump through to make yourself prove that you're a badass, the better. Perfect. But we have a huge problem in front of us, and I and I love how technology is solving so many different problems. Um, but we have the human problem, and our country is the I don't say the, but is a huge example of that healthcare problem. And every day I love coming to work because I come with my cup full because I don't work 10 hours a day training people. I work a few hours a day training people. And the other days I train myself, I train my staff, I train people who don't even live in this area. And it refreshes and it builds and it goes on. So if you can spend a good quality work day, training people, then going home, training, refreshing yourself, refreshing from your family and come back and be like, I can do this over and over and over again and continue to gain the knowledge, continue to push forward and continue to gain essentially that that wage that makes that happen, which I believe we have to fight for. It's not going to be given to us. Then we can make that happen. So my last comment is, about the wages, right? We're in an industry where, where, you know, some people are making six figures no, no problem with just personal training, one-on-one training. And that's such a small sector of the population of this in- industry, probably training some very high athletes that are professional, probably training some people that are very, very well known, whether it be actors, actresses, political figures, et cetera, et cetera. Um, people that, you know, have that money to be able to put out there. So for things to go mass market, for things to be truly scaled up, we have to bring down the price. We have to bring down the price. And again, I go back to, again, this electrification of transportation where these new electric cars coming out, there, $100,000 cars. Yeah, it's a good concept, but they have to get down to like the $30,000. So like one-on-one training, that's called hundred dollars per hour. You're just you're seeing a trainer two to three times a week. That's three hundred dollars a week. You know, that's over a thousand dollars a month. Okay, that's where you know we're getting close to you know being like the second biggest thing on some people's budget underneath their mortgage, right? Depending on on the size of the house, of course. If we get it down to like twenty dollars a session, fifteen dollars a session, a Session. What if it's you know? Okay, that's like group training status. But the quality—if it's a quality group training session—that's just going to rip people apart and just be there to burn calories and rah rah people. But it's actually a a sound, intelligent, biomechanically kind of driven, principle focused workout with intention behind it. Now we're talking. Now we're now we're now we're talking. So trainers out there, if you're looking to, to to scale up, if you're looking to Get out of one-on-one or significantly reduce your one-on-one training. We got some help. We got some We got some answers. Check us out. Gymnasio EDU. Check out our YouTube. Thanks for listening to this podcast. We have so much that we want to share. Not saying we have all the answers, but we certainly have a very good answer. And we're always searching for the next set of answers because there's a lot of ways to do this. But the key thing is, and things like I'm on this rant on, is we have to do it. Like it's our responsibility. The medical system won't do it, so we have to create it our, ourselves. And I invite you to it. So I thought I'll pop on the mic here, share a few thoughts. Hopefully, uh, inspired a few people. Hopefully, got a few people thinking. And I uh, appreciate your time and your listening. Cheers. Hey y'all, I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. And if you did, please share it with your fitness obsessed friends and peers who are also navigating this world of fitness and trying to succeed with the trends and misinformation. As you guys can see, this podcast is basically a masterclass for trainers wanting to level up in their coaching skills and their fitness business model. We launched this in 2020 because you and your fitness tribe deserve to see an unfiltered look at all the aspects of what it takes to stand out as a next generation coach and build a successful fitness business. So share it far and wide. And please, when you do, do me a favor. Take a screenshot of this screen and share it to your social media accounts. And use the hashtag GymnasalPodcast. That's hashtag Podcast. That way we can see you and share your post with our audience. And finally, when you're ready to go to the next level as a coach or in your business and to reach more people, please go check out Gymnazoedu.com we have put together the best 90 day coaching program on the market for trainers wanting to become a masterful practitioner and build a business that gives them the freedom and impact. So let us help you do just that. We have online training and one-on-one coaching to guide you through a full 90 day certification. We even get you training our clients live because it's always better to work out your kinks on someone else's clients than yours. But we promise you this, your clients will be blown away by the transformation our program will help you make. You'll be masterful at a whole new level and part of an incredible community of coaches worldwide, taking their skills to the next level. So if you thought today's episode had some fire to it and inspired you to take action, wait until you see what we deliver on this program. So just go to gymnazoedu.com and we'll see you on the other side. Remember that turning your passion for fitness into transformation and sustainable business is critical to reaching the people and lives you were put on earth to help. It matters and truly can make an impact in other people's lives. So I hope you do that. Keep sharing your passion and we'll talk to you soon.